What's up, guys? Welcome to podcast number two. I did this podcast with Combustion Man. You guys know him as Zach. But before we get into that, I have a couple of shoutouts to do. So let's get that out of the way. First one goes to Metal Benders. The last E isn't there, so I guess it's like Metal Benders or something. Um, I just wanted to thank you for the post you made in regards to how you think other people should listen to the podcast. means a lot when you guys send that kind of positive feedback my way because it lets me know that you're enjoying the content and, you know, listening to the podcast and getting something out of it. So thank you for that. Second shout out goes to Sifu Koras. She made a post... Um, saying how she was surprised that other people thought Mako and Asami looked like siblings because she thought she was the only one. I promise you, you are not the only one. Like, everyone in the fandom thinks that they look like siblings. They could be siblings. And the third shout-out goes to um, Bellamy's Dash Booty. One, I am very, very jealous of your URL, so if you're ever letting go of it, it could be in like 10 years when the 100 is over. I don't care. Let me know. I want your URL. And secondly, I wanted to thank you for the ask you sent, um, telling me how you appreciate the podcast and you really miss doing your own and how you think this is a good thing for the Makora Phantom. Again, it means a lot when you guys like reblogs and me asks, you know, um, about the podcast because it lets me know that this is helping some people out, that people are enjoying it, and that I guess it's it's important to the fandom. And so thank you for that. So now I'm going to get into what I did this podcast with Zach. Um, Zach, again, is Combustion Man, and he I actually just recently followed him, like, after the finale. Uh, I followed a lot of blogs after the finale, given what happened, but um, Zach is... He, we share similar opinions in regards to the finale and book four. He is, like, the fan-wink king. Like, I love every single thing he puts out there because it's so funny, and it's... It, personally, for me, it's so relatable. So, um... That's why I followed him and we're mutuals. And um, this is honestly my first time talking to him. So it was great to get to know him and great to talk about the show. And um, given what just got released about, you know, the Korra comics and being centered on Korasami, whether or not people thought that was a good thing or a bad thing. Um, Zach and I talk about that. And we also talk about book four and um, Korra in general. So uh, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy and we're just going to get into it. Zach. Zach, say hi. Hello. And uh, we're just going to start talking. We're just going to get right into it. So, um, Zach, when you started watching Korra, did you like, did you watch it after Avatar or did you just find it? Like, how did you start? So, um, I watched uh, Avatar The Last Airbender uh, as a kid, uh, mm -hmm. that was 10 years ago, of course. Um, as it was coming out, like, uh, I remember I was, I uh, stayed up, uh, a bit later than I should have to watch the uh, premiere of book two. My parents didn't like that very much. <laughs> and um, I kind of fell out of it uh, near the end just because at the time Nickelodeon was kind of being really weird about the schedules. Yeah. I didn't have any sort of uh, way of knowing when episodes would wear air. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was a, just a kid, so I wasn't really involved in online fandom, so I didn't have right. any updates that way. Mm-hmm. So I kind of fell out of it uh, as I was entering uh, 
sort of uh, adolescence. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was homeschooled during uh, seventh and eighth grade. And uh, during that time, I spent a lot of time on the internet just because I didn't have much social uh, interaction. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually uh, discovered uh, TV tropes uh, at that time. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it was fun, like, uh, looking up stuff and learning. And I stumbled across uh, the Avatar page, and I was like, oh, I remember that. I liked that as a kid. So right. I... Uh, I like rent. I checked out all the DVDs from the library yeah. and sort of like just watched them all at once. And I was like, "Holy shit, this was even better than I remember." Right. Uh, right. And then around that time, Korra uh, was actually announced, and I was I was a um, a member on an online forum that uh, was based around actually Pokemon, but they had different sections and one of them was like entertainment tv and is that how so you I got saw... into like fandoms kind of stuff like that yeah yeah pretty much i was actually a moderator on that forum for about oh, four years that's awesome but um they had a thread about like there's a new series coming out that's a sequel to avatar and right I was like, that sounds awesome and this was 2010 it was two, two years before core came out and all we oh, had okay. was all we had was that one image of uh her back and nobody knew what she looked like from the front or who the other characters would be mm-hmm. so that's how uh, you got involved? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. I sort of, uh, just sort of kept a bit of breast of news from that, but there wasn't much uh, until uh, about, like, I think it was around the end of 2011 mm-hmm. when we started getting actual details about it. Mm-hmm. And so I was in, and then it was my sophomore year in high school when it actually uh, premiered. Right. Uh, and I remember there was that, uh, that uh, pie show, I think, game online yeah, yeah. where if you if you played it and oh really was that for me it was like um how i got involved was actually mm-hmm. through the avatar movie as much as i hate to admit it um that's <laughs> what got me because when i was a kid i remembered like watching episodes but just like you i wasn't mm-hmm. really involved because i mean i was a yeah. kid i didn't really care yeah. and so after watching the avatar movie um i was like oh yeah i remember that and they had it all on netflix so i would watch it i would like marathon it basically and lucky for me, like, I started watching Avatar right when Korra was announced. So, like, mm-hmm. two, three months after I finished Avatar, um, Korra aired. And at the time, I had, like, a Hunger Games blog, so I wasn't really involved. But then Korra, mm-hmm. like, book one really, um, I guess, changed me, mm-hmm. as dramatic as that sounds. But, like, dr- book one was really important to me because, yeah. you know, like, did you find a character that you relate to? Because for me, that was Korra. That was really... Like yeah, momental for me. So yeah, and and for me it was it was Mako. I, I've talked about this on on my blog, but like, um, I'm really bad at, at like social situations and like processing like how I feel and <laughs> and that's definitely Mako. Yeah, and and sort of I have a, a problem with with trying my trying so hard to uh, disappoint no one that I right. often end up disappointing a lot of people. And uh, I, I was watching book one. Uh, I actually watched. Um, the premiere with my little sister who mm-hmm. was also a big fan of avatar and uh i was and as the episodes came on i, w- I was like this guy is exactly like me and mm-hmm. he's not like portrays like weird or bad or anything like that yeah. for for how he's feeling he's portrayed like a normal person for that, me that was really important and helped me sort of um address my own issues and right. how i felt about myself right. and and in that way mako has really helped me sort of come into my own uh self so yeah like like 
like horror is for you, Mako is for yeah, me. It's, it's, it's probably the most important fictional it's, character. Yeah, I've ever it's definitely amazing to find that kind of connection, like with mm -hmm. um, with Korra and with you, with Mako, I'm sure. It was like, at the time, I was a freshman in high school when it aired, and so mm -hmm. at the time, I was really kind of going through a phase, I guess? I don't know. I was yeah. coming out of depression, so it was, mm -hmm. it was kind of tough. And then I was going through a thing where I went to a really small high school, and everyone was uh -huh. kind of like from one neighborhood, one mindset. So the personality that I had and like the views that I had, the like headstrong, whatever, didn't really fit in, I guess. And so uh -huh. I was going through a time where I wasn't, I was doubting myself. And you know, mm -hmm. fictional characters can really help you realize that mm -hmm. whatever you whatever you think is wrong with you or whatever you think you need to change really doesn't need to change. Yeah. And so, especially what, what happened with Korra towards book four, that's what really pissed me off because not only was it watching a character I related to be humbled down, it was kind of like a punch to my face, like, this is what you should do to mature. Yeah. I don't believe that. But what are your views on that kind of, what happened to Korra? Well, uh, for me, I don't have that sort of, like, uh, that level of, like, emotional connection. But, yeah. Um, in the same vein, I, I, I think that um, a lot of what happened to um, with Korra's, like, recovery uh, arc, Mm-hmm was done right like a uh, like a bunch of uh important beats that were hit were hit uh i think very well but uh the way it all like coalesced in the end was mm -hmm. just it was garbage like um like i, I actually have a um have a friend who uh uh, uh went through post-traumatic stress disorder and watched core and was extremely disappointed with uh how the ultimate lesson was like Learning um, compassion. Yeah, and um, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's nonsense. It's so dumb. I don't even like mm -hmm. when you come out of a traumatic experience. Yeah, you're gonna be affected for life, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean you have to be miserable or or you know people who come out of depression nine out of ten times say they came out stronger, they came out yeah. happier. Cora comes out going, oh, I needed to learn compassion because I didn't know what true suffering was. What the hell? Yeah, I mean. um... Like, I think a lot of the problem with Korra's arc uh, is basically, like, that last conversation with Tenzin. Because mm -hmm. if it had, uh, if it hit the, um, hit like a, it was like it had just, like, collected into, a, like, a pool of, like, lukewarm water. And if it, and I was hoping that it would, like, hit a ramp, almost, and mm -hmm. just, like, project Korra back into, like, um... Uh, not exactly the same person because obviously trauma changes people. And yeah, but kind of like just, just it's hard to explain, isn't it? Like just like Cora, like mm -hmm. what she was. Yeah, yeah, and like that line in uh, Beyond the Wilds where she says like, "I feel whole again." I think that that was really that was important. Yeah, I think that was like that was how it should have. Uh, yeah, it should have stuck with that mm -hmm. instead of just trying to make some sort of weird moralizing lesson <laughs> yeah. for kids. Exactly. I don't even understand. And then what, like, the way that, what really pisses me off is that, like, people don't even care about what happened to Korra. They just care about, like, the last, like, Korra saw me happened. Mm -hmm. Oh, whatever, you know, Korra, whatever happened in book four was perfect because Korra saw me. They ignore every yeah. single flaw. Yeah, that's, that, that's something I've noticed. Like, um, a lot of people uh, try to boil down uh, any criticisms of the final season uh, as just, like, uh, disapproval or hatred or whatever of, of Korosami, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of times people allow themselves to um, 
let the importance of, uh, of course, I mean, having it was important that uh, it happened. I don't deny that. Obviously, yeah. I think I think that a lot of people like allow that to sort of, um, sort Just, of. I, I don't want to say uh, like. Uh, sort of create a false consciousness just because it's sort of like arrogant, but it's almost like uh, they don't let themselves see what's wrong with, with mm-hmm. book, uh, four. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, you need to be able to address uh, the problems uh, of, of what you take in as well as the, uh, the, the good stuff as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, when you watch the finale, personally, when you watch like the mm-hmm. last couple of minutes, what did mm-hmm. you think about the ending and... Like, about, you know, Korosami happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, this was... Uh, I, I watched the finale, like, live with, with everyone else uh, at midnight on, on that uh, Friday. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember, like, the final scene. And, uh, I, part of me was like, oh, is this, is this happening? I, I mean, yeah, me too. good, I think. I, I was so confused. Okay, what happened with me was that I had my bio final the next day, so it was a uh-huh. terrible, terrible day for me. But um, I it was midnight, and I was going to sleep because I had studied, like, nine hours. But then I was like, oh, yeah, the core finale. And at that point, before had gotten so boring for me that I really didn't care. So I just opened up my phone and, like, scrolled to the last couple minutes because I'm that kind of person. And yeah, I, it's like, the last, last, like, half of before it almost was, like, it, it almost felt like, it almost felt like, a chore to watch yeah the exactly yeah like laura my friends would text me and they'd be like oh it's up did you see the episode from like five days ago and i'd be like oh i forgot it just it wasn't as i don't it even know fun. it wasn't fun yeah book one was like every single episode i'd wake up at 11 a.m watch it on tv yeah you know? skip yeah. breakfast but like with with book four it wasn't even something i was interested in and part of that for me was like just it was online and uh I, will, and I didn't have that sort of, like, excitement of waking up and going to watch it on on uh, TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, so I scrolled to the last couple of minutes, uh-huh. and then I watched it, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I watched it again, because I was like, I scrolled back a little bit, and I saw the Makora conversation. Mm-hmm. And then after that, nothing happened, and I was like, what is going on? Mm-hmm. And so I texted my friend um, Maggie, you guys know her as... What's her URL? And Ghost Getters, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I texted her. I was like, don't watch it. Because I know I, she hates Korosami. So I texted her. I was like, you don't want to watch it. And she's like, why? And then she watched it and everyone freaked out. And then Maggie was deleting her Tumblr. And I, it was a really bad night. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was just really... It came out of absolutely nowhere. Mm-hmm. And like at the, at the time, I... Uh, I I didn't even think it was supposed to be like supposed to be like solidly romantic. Like uh, my my initial impression was like, okay, so they so they're trying to make it like either like make it as as obvious as possible without like uh, risking like foreign distribution because a lot of countries don't let don't mm-hmm. like that sort of thing, yeah. or they're just making it like ambiguous uh, as to who she gets with in the end or if yeah, she gets yeah. to with anyone because because uh, of how uh, strong the final like Mako and Korra conversation yeah. was. Yeah, and. Then uh, Brian and Mike uh, made their posts like, oh, it's supposed to actually it's be romantic. To, yeah. But the way they worded those posts pissed mm-hmm. me the hell out. Like, it, it was, was so infuriating. They were like, mm-hmm. if you didn't see it, you were wearing hetero goggles. We're awesome. This is yeah. a milestone. Like, shut the fuck up. It was not. Yeah. I mean, the the um, Brian's post in particular was uh, just made me. It was like, just I remember like... reading 
really mad yeah how condescending it was yeah it was he was so far up his own ass he was like oh this mm -hmm. is blah, blah 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 and like of course everyone who had like hardcore shipped Korosami since book one picked up on whatever hints because mm -hmm. you see anything with any characters that you like yeah, together and you're gonna be like how, that's how shipping works exactly like, you, you shouldn't uh as a, a writer or an animator or a professional you shouldn't have the mindset of a, of a shipper when you're making your product you should have the mindset of a writer you exactly be, uh, you should be uh planting hints and uh <clears throat> suggestions uh within the text that that's, are obvious yeah yeah, yeah. exactly can pick up on yeah, that, like, even someone who's totally not in it for the romantic relationships can pick mm -hmm. up on. And, yeah. um, you know, in Korosami, like, the personalities we were given of both characters totally did not make sense to me. Because Korosami is very emotionally based, and she's really, like, yeah. she needs, like, a shoulder to lean on all the time. Yeah. And, that, and, I mean, that's not, not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. She's strong, but... The, yeah, it's just... It's not someone that Cora is yeah. with. Yeah, because she's, like, personally, Cora is very, like, emotions last. Or, you know, she's very, like, headstrong. and She's, she's very, uh, she's very, uh, um, she needs, in a romantic sense, she needs someone that she can sort of, uh, bounce off of aggressively. And exactly, exactly. Butt heads, and butt heads with exactly. Like sense. Yeah, that's exactly what she needs. And like Asami is not that kind of person. And we did, we weren't even given a personality of Asami. I'm going off the fan personality, the yeah. fan made one. But like, I just, and then I don't. Ah, it was just so infuriating when that happened. And you know, obviously, if Makora didn't happen, I would be upset. But I, I would get it. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I, I was never involved with the fandom until basically the finale. Uh, mm -hmm. But I always like, really liked Makor, and um, it actually took like the finale to make me like, sort of like address and uh, reflect on why I liked it and um, why it was important to me and why I cared so much about it. Mm -hmm. But even then, uh, I would have totally uh, been fine if Cora just ended up single or right. um, something like that. <clears throat> I mean, I was exp I, I was expecting Makor to happen just because of that. That's uh, the way I, uh, how I was watching it, it seemed like that was like the logical That's the way it was like, going, up, yeah. Like, yeah, like break up and... You don't have half an episode to talk about a mm -hmm. friend. Like, I don't know. If, it's just, if you, like, if Asami was in Mako's place and she had half an episode to talk about Korra, mm -hmm. then maybe I would have seen it or would have had, like, seen the substantial evidence. Or mm -hmm. if, you know, Asami was with Korra when she faced the here, but instead it was Mako mm -hmm. and... There's a line between friendship and romance, mm -hmm. like romantic subhint, and that mm -hmm. really crossed it. Yeah. Like, uh, even beyond just the fact that uh, Asami and Korra, I don't think, are very compatible with each other, they uh, repeatedly and, and it seems deliberately uh, left Asami out of, uh, of situations and, and uh, circumstances that would yeah. have allowed her to develop a relationship and a connection with Korra mm -hmm. um, that would have allowed, like, a sort of a a better foundation for an actual rom romantic relationship mm -hmm. and a lot of these si situations uh it doesn't really uh uh make make much sense for asami like not to be there like exactly. there's no real reason for her not to be there it's like she could have totally been in beyond the wilds mm -hmm. um and they could have just like uh had the hummingbird suits be um pretty much uh Varric's responsibility and ha then had asami yeah. go with Korra. Yeah, obviously. Like, I just, there's so many places where Asami could have been there. And where she, she had so much potential back in book one, and then throughout the books, you just get the same thing. She, you get the same yeah. girl. 
she was she was great in book one. I really really liked uh, Asami yeah. book one because she was uh, she was actually a very, uh, dynamic and interesting character in book one. Like yeah. not as much as as the rest of the the crew, but she had uh, kind of come in, in the second half of the season, so that was kind of excusable. Right. And I was hoping that we get more of that in in book book two and book three and book four, but um, they just dropped kept dropping the ball on on Asami and uh, what what she could do. She was completely like left out of the, the finale of uh, book two. She gets like yeah, one, I, I... she gets one line in Harmonic Convergence and oh, then she shows up again in Light in the Dark. Oh, uh, it's so frustrating. And then when the core comics were announced, mm-hmm. I was. Oh my god, those were that was a nightmare because that was the one thing I did not want to happen. Bright was all like, "Oh, we're done with Cora. We just want to take a break." And then mm-hmm. two months or six months later, they're like, "By the way, we're having Cora comics, and mm-hmm. the first three are centered on Korasami because Cora's not her own person anymore. Republic yeah, City is not destroyed. What are you talking about? Like, what? The yeah, fuck? I mean, um, I mean, it, it, and I kind of uh, get why they have to do that because um, uh, you can't just like. They can't, uh, Kora and Asami's relationship, uh, doesn't have quite enough substance and, uh, almost history behind it to, um, mm-hmm. to have, like, a, um, a dynamic to, like, just go straight into a, a new story. So they like, gotta uh, make up for it. Yeah, like, like, it, it, like, imagine if they, if when they announced the Avatar comics that, uh, uh, there were, the first three were all going to be about Katara and Aang yeah. and, uh, them being all... Uh, that would be ridiculous, w. though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like Katara and Aang's relationship, and, but uh, one thing I do like about the Avatar comics is that it's kind of in the in the background mm-hmm. and doesn't really affect the plot too mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But like when when you take when you take uh, a relationship and you make it the forefront of uh, the entire plot of a comic. It's like, what is even the point of the show it's anymore? The, it's the exclusion of everything else. Exactly. I mean, what, what, uh, how interesting is it going to be to, to read a comic about Korra, uh, if the entire focus is going to be on her relationship with someone else? I wouldn't even want that if it was uh, with if Mako. If it was Mako, that would be, yeah, that would totally be just, oh, so infuriating. Like, I want to see Korra, like, taking on new threats and, uh, and, uh putting self back out there as the avatar is uh, a confident uh assertive uh young woman who's uh reclaiming her place in the world like that that would be a really interesting story to see mm-hmm. and i mean i mean um you know uh, i would i would it would have like like sort of undone the uh ill like the ill will i hold for uh the uh conclusion of Korra's mm-hmm. uh personal arc if they could like um uh Take that and then just uh, build herself, build her uh, back up from that from there. Um, yeah. Like they kind of already did before the final conversation of Tenzin, but sort of like Korra just like exploding back onto the global scene, uh, ready to take names and uh, kick ass. Ready to be Korra. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to see that. Like, um, it would have been so great to uh, see to see her. Um, help bring the uh the earth kingdom to uh democracy and yeah. uh independence yeah. and uh fight new new threats but the, the first uh the first three comics are going to be about uh her relationship with asami it seems and it's just, like, just 
this is something I don't want to read. Yeah, I feel like the comics are going to be a flop. But going back onto the mm-hmm. um, Kuvira thing, and because you mentioned the Earth Kingdom, did you feel like Kuvira was a worthy villain for the final season? I personally felt like the comparison they were trying to make between Korra mm-hmm. and Kuvira, it didn't hit me. It totally mm-hmm. like did not make sense. I think Kuvira was a good villain. I don't think she was a good like villain to conclude a series. Right. Like I, I could see like the um. I could see some of the comparisons they they try to make with Korra, but a lot of them felt really uh, superficial and almost like uh, self-critical of how they portrayed. Yeah, yeah, they were like, "Oh, Kuvira's headstrong, Korra's headstrong," but in completely different ways. Kuvira's headstrong to the point where it's destructive. Korra's headstrong to the point where she gets things done, but like, it's not. I think I think the point of that was to like show like uh, this is. um, some of Korra's traits, like taken to uh, a destructive extreme. extreme, but yeah. but, but it um, didn't it didn't work. Yeah, and uh, a villain that, that's that's supposed to like reflect the hero um, doesn't work too well when uh, the reflections are so like elongated almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it, it's real. I really love villains who are sort of like a dark reflection. Yeah, yeah. Of the hero, but um, when you take uh, Korra's like. Um, Willingness to um, be pragmatic and uh, do some ugly things to get the job done, and you uh, turn that into Kavira's uh, willingness to uh, to imprison uh, political dissenters and uh, threaten and like actually threaten to murder innocent people. Yeah, that's not like like um, it's all. It's almost like uh, it's almost like you're trying to uh, make. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, like, um... Trying to, like, make it seem that, like, Korra was, could have been something yeah, entirely like, like, bad. Like, yeah, like, like... Which is not true. Yeah, like, this is what Korra could have, uh, could have, uh, become if she hadn't, uh, gone through what she did. And I don't think that's don't a very positive thing to say. Not at all. And so, yeah, for me, definitely, Amon was, like, the best villain for me. Everything about book one was amazing. And then... You know, book two came along. Unalak was pretty good. I mean, that whole arc was um, important in terms yeah. of, like, Korra celebrating herself. And yeah, then like, book three was like, eh. Red Lotus I, came I out liked, of nowhere. I liked, I liked Zaheer. Mm-hmm. Like, I uh, thought he was a really uh, engaging villain with mm-hmm. interesting motives. And uh, and I think uh, the only uh, way in which Zaheer ended up falling flat was um, his uh, threat, his, like, threatening to murder the air nomads because i didn't feel like that really uh meshed with his prior characterization yeah being extremely uh spiritual and stuff yeah extremely spiritual and and admiring of yeah. the air nomads yeah but i really liked to hear and, and amon was an amazing villain amon was yeah obviously it's like mm-hmm. just that entire arc was really interesting mm-hmm. but with kuvira it was like Okay, first off, how did even Bolin even join her army? That was a big plot hole. Mm-hmm. And then she was just everything about Kuvira. There were a lot of plot holes. There were a lot of you know things that weren't touched upon, like the mm-hmm. concentration camps and the genocide mm-hmm. that she was apparently carrying out. And mm-hmm. then you know the fact that Korra felt that she needed to forgive a kind of person like that. Is that the right message? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I, I think uh, I've seen a lot of commentary um, that suggests that like. Uh, Kuvira, like, either didn't know about, like, uh, the, the genocide of the, um, uh, water... Tra- right, water right, of the non-earthbenders, yeah. And, like, well, um, she, she was, like, uh, it was something that she 
justify by saying like, oh, I'll stop that after I finish my work. But um, I think that without them saying that in the show, yeah. it just, it just made for messy and inconsistent characterization and made her yeah. into uh, uh, just a stock portrait of a fascist dictator. Exactly. And I think exactly. that, that, um, that they'd been trying for a more nuanced approach uh, besides that, but those, didn't those, those, those moments of like cartoonish villainy just like ruined yeah. the entire effect for me. Yeah, and then um, it's what like, was? It's like, they, it's like they were trying. They they were saying like, let's make an 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 interesting and multifaceted villain, but we have to. But this show is for kids, so we have to remind them it's <laughs> evil because kids are stupid. Oh my god, yeah. And then um, the sign that like for me, the, a sign that book four wasn't going to be that great was the fact mm-hmm. that it came out like literally three months after book two. Yeah, I mean I book mean, three. That was yeah, like usually you'd wait, right? You'd wait like a year or six months mm-hmm. at least. Yeah, like. Uh, book uh, book two, we waited like a year and a half after book one, which is awful and yeah, way was... too long. And, <laughs> yeah. then, and then book three came out at a reasonable time after that. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, by the way, we're get- releasing the final season in two weeks. I know, right? That was crazy. And then they showed the trailer. The trailer looked intense enough, but like mm-hmm. after that, it was just everything came too fast. And it was online mm-hmm. and then it was messy and suddenly it was just very... And then we're done. Fuck you. Exactly. <laughs> That's how it ended. It just totally. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. Book four was just such a mess. Mm-hmm. I just. It, it. It almost feels unreal. Like, all of it came so fast, and then it was over, and uh, everyone was divided, and the fandom was completely broken. Exactly. It, and it, then suddenly, like, like the Korosami. The Korosami fandom, which I've never seen before on such a huge scale, is suddenly, like, taking over, and every time you make a post, they're starting to shit on it, even though it's untied. You know, you know, what, it was, you know what it was like? Uh, you, you do watch uh, Game of Thrones, or you read the book? Yes, I watch it, Game of it was, Thrones. It was like it was like the Red Wedding. Like, <laughs> yeah. like, like, Suddenly like, you're getting Stark, stabbed Stark, everywhere. The Starks are slaughtered, and now the Boltons are. I know it's like what the fuck. It's so oh my god, and just I don't even know. I was so disappointed because book four had a lot of potential, and mm-hmm. it was the final yeah. season. Final yeah. season, you're not supposed to mess up. And even in the commentary, Brian was like, "I'm usually fi- finales, you know, are disappointing. So I'm glad we're getting so many positive reviews. Your finale was the most disappointing finale I have ever seen in my life. Was, what are you talking terrible. about? It, it was like the book four finale. If it hadn't been the season finale, it would have been a decent, a decent season finale. But yeah. it was the series finale, and so it was just, it was bad. Exactly, it was not a good series finale, especially." After the the previous series, it had such a just a solid, amazing series finale. Right, exactly, and like, oh my god! And um, I watched a YouTube review with this guy, and he was mm-hmm. he's a big YouTuber. He was on Maze Runner or something, but he was watching. He was like, "Is that it?" Like, he was just like, mm-hmm. "I want more." Like, he wasn't a huge fan, but he was still like, "That didn't feel like a season finale," mm-hmm. and I definitely agree with that. Yeah, like a series finale. No, that was mm-hmm. not it, and they didn't. The fact that they didn't end with a crew moment really pissed me off. Yeah, like, Bolin got to officiate a wedding with... I don't, I don't, I don't I didn't get it. He, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> Since when did he become a wedding officiator? Um, yeah. He officiated a wedding, and then that was his final scene. Like, he, he was Korra's first friend. Why, exactly. Why didn't, we get, why didn't we get more of her their friendship? I know. And then with her talk with Mako, I mean, Mako's been with her through it all. You don't get a one-minute talk to summarize everything. Mm-hmm. And then with the Sami, mm-hmm. suddenly pops up. Sami did nothing! Why did mm-hmm. she get four she, minutes? She was, she was ejected from the hummingbird suit and then did nothing for the rest of the finale. And then he cried, basically. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck? And then Tenzin like, got, like, a, not even a minute. He got, like, 30 seconds mm-hmm. of, yes, Korra, you being mm-hmm. humbled down was a perfect opportunity. Like, the fuck? 
like a, a lot of like a lot of Tenzin's uh, side of that conversation was good. I think. I don't really remember it. All I remember is him nodding when she goes, "I needed to be compassionate" or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, uh, if they had kept some of Tenzin's lines and then changed most of Korra's, I think it would have been better. Yeah, yeah. Because he was like, I, I'm, it's so great to hear you so full of happiness. And I'm just <laughs> looking so depressed. I know! It doesn't make sense! But yeah, I felt like they needed a lot more than just that 30-second conversation mm-hmm. to summarize the Korra-Tenzin relationship. Yeah, like, um, like, if they just, like, shortened the Beric and Julie wedding, which I don't think was necessary in the first place, but if you're going to have it, then make it, like, uh, like half a minute mm-hmm. so that uh, the other <clears throat> characters can get closure yeah. instead of these two characters who were introduced in the second season yeah. did almost nothing in the third and they were just inexplicably main characters in the fourth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was... Like, he, they wasted a lot of time on that. They wasted a lot of time on Wu. The hell was mm-hmm. Wu's point? Yeah, like, I I think uh, I'm I'm kind of different from a lot of the Makora fandom in that but I really do like Wu and I like... Uh, uh, his and Mako's relationship, but even I think that they they did not uh, do with Wu what they could have, because mm-hmm. like when Book Four first airing, I I saw him and they, it was immediately like, holy shit, this is the Emperor's new groove. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and they uh and it, it felt like they were trying to do that sort of thing with him, like growing into a a, a mature and uh, capable leader mm-hmm. with with uh, sort of Mako's. Uh, Guidance yeah. But uh, it was just so inconsistent because one minute he's maturing and he's growing uh, more uh, uh, sort of modest and uh, selfless, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. And the next he's uh, being uh, completely arrogant and hurt, hitting on Cora. Cora and yeah. It just felt so random and inconsistent that it just disappointed me greatly. Yeah. It was they wasted a lot of time on him mm-hmm. and they wasted a lot of time on trying to make him seem like this funny, you know, mm-hmm. comedic relief kind of guy when really mm-hmm. he was just getting on my nerves personally. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, they didn't really another thing that book four did wrong was that they didn't really um focus on the crew. And I felt mm-hmm. like even even towards the end when it's supposed to supposedly like Korra's in love with Asami and they're all mm-hmm. okay again. Yeah. Um it didn't feel it felt like they were so spread apart, so distanced. Yeah. Like, but Bolin didn't get any final conversation with Korra. Yeah. Mako got, uh, like, a one-minute conversation that right. sort of, that kind of... That was like, hey, I'll follow you into battle. But not really. Yeah, but, like, it was just stating what was already obvious, honestly. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lin's uh, final uh, line was, just, was while they were still in the Colossus. Like, mm-hmm. like she, she was one of the first people uh, Korra met yeah. in the city. And, and they then... didn't even touch on... Touch on uh, how their relationship had uh, evolved and grown. Exactly, and um, another thing that pissed me off is because I'm a huge fan of Republic City itself, mm-hmm. is that it's destroyed, and yeah. there's a spirit beam out of nowhere, a random spirit beam in the middle of the city, because apparently that's how people are supposed to live now, in a destroyed yeah. city. Like, what the, it just... Like, uh, I think I think if they... If uh, the execution of that had been just a little bit better, it would have been really great to see, like, uh, like thematically, like, a like, uh, a balance between mo- uh, progress and uh, modernism and tradition and, and spirituality. Mm-hmm. Because uh, that, I, I assumed that was, that was where they were going when the title of the, the season was announced. It was going to be all about balance. Mm-hmm. And, uh, finding, like, a balance 
within the world and within uh, each of us, but mm -hmm. it, it didn't really feel like that was the theme of the season exactly. at all. Like, it felt like it was misnamed. Yeah, exactly. Like, the season didn't even touch upon the so-called balance until the very end. Maybe it was talking about balance within Korra, but, I mean, we all disagree yeah. on that. And so, yeah. just, what also bothers me is that Brian and Mike are only willing to hear praise, per se, of their mm -hmm. series. Like, they're, they shut off every other opinion as, you know, a hetero mm -hmm. lens, or you weren't paying attention, or whatever, whatever. And mm -hmm. so, you know, when such a huge part of the fandom does feel this way, and they're being mm -hmm. shut off by the creators, and they're being told by, you know, the Korasami side that whatever you're saying is homophobic, or... Yeah, I, you... I, I think it would be nice for Mike and Brian to sort of um, have uh, more, of a, um, more of an open dialogue within the fandom if they're going to um, interact with the fandom uh, to the extent that they do. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, obviously, that's not going to be a perfect situation since, uh, as uh, the drama with, like, Colin Heck and... Uh, some other crew members have proved, but I think uh, I think it would be nice to just have a sort of a frank, open conversation with them with about how the the criticisms and concerns some people have with uh, with Book Four just to, just to make just to know that they're they're listening and understanding to that because yeah. they haven't addressed it at all is the problem for me. Literally everything since before yeah. ended has been Korasami, Korasami. And like, yeah. what about the other characters and the other arcs that you introduced in the show and didn't finish? Yeah, I mean, like, I remember the 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 art show and the Q and A when um, I think uh, I think it was Steinbeck's who, who asked about Mako and if he goes back to being a detective. And they were like, we haven't thought of it. Yeah, and I'm. I'm just, oh, but we've uh, totally thought about like what Kor and Asami are going to name mm -hmm. the fifth kid. So yeah, stuff like, like it just feels like. Um, who have concerns about Book 4 being uh, either ignored or talked down to, not by Brian and Mike, since they haven't really talked about any criticisms at all, but <laughs> just by the crew in general. Yeah. I remember the first few months after finale, like, there was a lot of interaction between the fandom and the crew, and it always ended really badly. Really? Just because of, of how uh, they uh, addressed and, con and conversed with the fandom. Mm. Like, uh, like Colin, Hex Colin Hex specifically, uh, when asked about, like, uh, Mako and Asami's uh, uh, moms, uh, he was just like, uh, don't know, don't care. And mm -hmm. he, he, he had, a, had a penchant for like answering questions really flippantly and yeah, I, I think that's really an inappropriate uh, attitude to have when you're dressing your fans, some of whom are, are very young and uh, using the, the avenues that you put open for them to interact with you. And yeah. then you, you, you talk to them uh, that way. I think it, it's just extremely unprofessional. And I, I remember being mad about it, and I'm still mad about it, about how the way in which the crew addressed the post-finale fandom and all the concerns that that uh, people have about it. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like uh, everyone especially was, uh, was uh, ready and willing to shit all over Mako and Korra's relationship. Like, it was I know! It worked. I, like, just because uh, Korra and Asami are together doesn't mean you have to uh, shit all over Makora. It's over. It's fine. You can yeah. just say it happened. Yeah. There's no reason to, to be so negative about it. Yeah, I remember back in book one, like, Brian and Mike would stand for Korra and, Asami, Korra and mm -hmm. Mako and be like, hey, yeah. they're meant for each other, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, mm -hmm. as the show went on and as the criticism from that side of the fandom started getting bigger, you started seeing them doubting themselves. I don't know if book four mm -hmm. was the result of that or they honestly thought that mm -hmm. what they did in the past was wrong. But um, definitely, like, all the criticism that they received did affect the way the story went. Yeah, and I, I don't think they're, they 
admit it, but I do think that uh, the massive backlash, and I and I still remember how big that backlash was because it, it scared me off of, from the fandom for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just like uh, the extreme negative reaction a lot of people had about book one just because it wasn't uh, Avatar. And, yeah, and, I know. And I really think that they weren't that they weren't uh, like ready for that, and it really planted some doubt in their minds that what yeah. the course they were going was right. And they, I don't know if they like consciously did it, but I do think it affected the way that they uh, wrote Started book three and about four. The show. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to wrap this up really quick, but thank you so much, Zach, for doing this. I had a really great time talking to you about it. And uh, screw book four. Yeah.